Answer that phone. Put them on speaker. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Mr. Ray Owen, you want to lead us? Amen. You know that thing got a switch on the side of it? If you flip that switch down, it won't ring out loud. <laughs> I wouldn't embarrass nobody, but hey, I mean, you know. Yeah. All right, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Anybody remember what we talked about last week? <laughs> How do you know I don't know? I listen to it. <laughs> uh, that was a trick. I was actually thinking you were the one that did it. That's why I looked over at you. But it was Jim, wasn't it? Yeah, I wasn't here last Sunday. so. But it was good. I did listen to it. He did a good job. Really good job. Yeah, he did good. All right. We, uh, back in Revelation chapter 21, we're looking at, well, who knows what we're looking at? that the new jerusalem yeah i think i i think i told you that in my slides i still do my slides because some people still ask for them I don't, I don't know why but the title i put on them is the eternal state so this is going to be this is it what we see here is going to be for eternity there's a lot of things around us today that are very temporal they're going to pass away but what we see here in this chapter this is going to be Eternity. I, I can't wrap my little mind around that. Um, if you can, you probably need to be up here teaching Sunday school <laughs> instead of me. Because that's something I can't think of. I can't even imagine eternity. Um, but let's read it. I want to read uh, maybe the first eight verses. Um, most important thing we'll ever do in Sunday school is read the Word of God. And I think we usually do, but sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. So I want to make sure we read. Revelation 21, we'll read 1 through 8. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I'm ready for that. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 
Um, I think last time we talked, we talked about this new city. We talked about verse 1. And I saw a new heaven. No, not the new city, new heaven. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven. And the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I don't remember what all we talked about uh, at the end. But I know that we talked about which heaven was going to be, which heaven would pass away. Which of the three? And we talked about that. And we believe it's this atmosphere. And we talked about why. And sometimes if you ask that about certain things in Scripture, you're not, there is no answer. There's times when I read something or something may happen in my life and I may ask why. And there may not be an answer. Maybe I don't understand. Um, but when I, when I look at things like this, I think, why? Why do we need a new, why, why does the atmosphere need to be remade? And um, I think Miss Peggy talked to me after when me and her agree. I don't know, but Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And whatever he's part of and touches has got to be cleansed or remade um, in this eternal state. So that's, that's, that's what I think. Um, now look at verse 2. And here we get into um, a little bit and a little bit, a little bit further down in this city. And I, and I John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride Adorned for her husband. It's a very interesting verse. Uh, you can read right over it. But he saw a new Jerusalem. Well, how many are there? We talked about, you know, heavens. And, of course, we've talked about that a long time ago. There's three. There's not just one. There's three. Well, what about Jerusalem? How many are there? One. Anybody else got a different answer? <laughs> Listen to this. Hebrews twelve twenty two says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Brother David's right. There's one here. But there's evidently one in heaven. And now we see a new one coming down. So I just thought it's very interesting. You know, there's, there's a mention of possibly three different Jerusalems. You know, we think of one. Right now there's one here, one in heaven, one coming down later. Maybe there's, maybe there's three. And what difference does that make? It don't make any difference. I just thought it was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, when it talks about the city, Notice what it says in verse 2. He saw the city, but it was a holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I tried to lay some emphasis there on some words you read you hear all those words uh, john saw not just a city the holy city now how how can a, we kind of talked about this a little bit before how can a city 
be holy? Or what, is, what does that mean for a city to be holy? How can, a, how can a bunch of buildings and stuff like that be holy? What makes you call a city holy? When you think of New Orleans, what do they call New Orleans? Why? Are the buildings sinful? The, the brick and mortar? It's the characteristic of the people. And so this city coming down from heaven is going to be the home of, it's debatable, but at least the church. And it calls it holy. Why? Because we will be holy. I was about to ask, how did we get that way? <laughs> There's only one way. The blood of the lamb. It's not by anything we've done. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's holy. I just read right over that. Every other time I've read it, I guess, until I noticed it. Read right over it. Holy city. New Jerusalem. Coming down from God out of heaven. And it's prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Well, who prepared it? Yes. It's new. It's a new Jerusalem. It's from heaven, and it's prepared by the God of heaven for a holy people. And it's uh, as a bride adorned for her husband. Why, 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 would he put, why would he put that in there? We just talked about a city being known by the characteristics of the people. And so he saw this city adorned like a bride because it's going to be the home of the bride. Now, adorned, I think, too, we shouldn't overlook. And we'll probably get into that a little bit, a little bit later when we get down to, I don't know, verse 13 and several thereafter. But, you know, we don't, we, most people don't so much today, and it's, you know, things are different in different cultures, but they made a big to-do in Israel about the bride. And for us just to say she was adorned doesn't really do it justice. They went all out to make her special, to make her I don't want to say glamorous. That's not the right, necessarily the right word. But it's kind of like when you, well, they portray it a lot in movies. And I might have done it when me and Andrew got married. I'm too much of a man to say I did or not. But a lot of times when that bride opened that door and there's a bride, the bridegroom goes, and you know, I, I don't know, but this city here, we, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like. But just as I think they looked at brides back then and thought, wow, what a sight, how beautiful. And maybe even took your breath. It's going to be the same with this city because we're going to read in this city, they don't make this thing out of... <laughs> God didn't make this thing out of brick and mortar. 
I mean, we're walking on the, the thing that we hold so high, gold, here. We want to get our hands on gold and have gold and be rich with gold. And up there, it's asphalt. <laughs> well, think about that. Um, you, know, you know, maybe we ought to start saying that instead of saying, um, what, what is it? My, my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the taters in the hills. Well, and then we're going to be walking on asphalt in the sea. <laughs> Gold is asphalt. That's how rich he is. And it's not a banner's richness. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to that because it's not like we think. It's not like, it's not, I don't want to get too far into it, but it's not like a yellow gold that we think. It's, it's uh, transparent. Um, pure. Everything is pure and prepared um, for for who? What's the purpose? Why do you do it? For us. It's our home. And then in verse 3, he says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Who said it? We don't know. Move on. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. And shall be their God. Look at this. Look at this verse. And I know probably what most of you are going to say. That's fine. Um, but the structure of this verse here is interesting. Because here he says, we heard a voice. And, and, and I've read some stuff about people and who said this voice. It don't matter. I'm, I'm not, I don't even want to cover that. There's absolutely no distinction given to who or what said this. It doesn't matter. Behold. But it does say pay attention. <laughs> Look. Focus on this. The tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. Who is he? Well, okay. In this sentence. Behold. The tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them. Who's he? Okay. You got one that says God. Anybody else? Is it God? Now, I don't want to get it, you know. We're going to talk about the Trinity just a little bit. But is it, is it God or is it the tabernacle? In the structure of that sentence. Behold, the tabernacle of God is... Wait, wait, what does it say? Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell among them. He being God or he being the tabernacle? Okay. So in the so yeah, and you're making reference to the Old Testament, maybe. Okay. Who remembers the tabernacle in the Old Testament? They were wandering in the wilderness. And they made this tabernacle. And you can go look up what it looks like. But it it was a 
It was a temporary dwelling place. And even the tabernacle, they had folded up and moved it when they, when they, when they moved, when they traveled. So, but if you look at the structure of the sentence, I don't know. The tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them. God will dwell with them or the tabernacle? Yes. They shall be his people. Okay. Where at? Oh, I don't have any notes in this Bible. Sometimes I wish I did. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Chris said it sounds like it's referencing two different entities. Uh, who are your notes by? Do you know? Okay, yeah. Well, I definitely don't want to disagree with Mr. Nelson. <laughs> but I'll tell you from experience, I ain't saying he's wrong. I'm just going to say this as a statement. Be careful where you note sometimes. <laughs> it's depending on what Bible you got. I mean, I've had a Bible before that talked about, you know, um, day, age, all this kind of stuff. The notes are, are written by men. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying in general. But I don't want to spend too much time on this. The tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them. Is it God or is it the tabernacle? Now, what we're thinking about most of the time is we're thinking about a dwelling place. A tabernacle. Okay? But what does Hebrews 9 tell us? Does anybody know? Mm, not, 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 not in that one. Hebrews 9. If you go read Hebrews 9, and I, I won't take the time to read it, but you can go read it. It makes it clear that the tabernacle is a picture of Jesus Christ. And that the earthly tabernacle was just a picture of the heavenly tabernacle and that all things were fulfilled of that tabernacle in Jesus Christ. So I said we were going to talk about the Trinity. The tabernacle of God is with men and he shall dwell with them. Does it mean God or does it mean the tabernacle? And by tabernacle, I mean Jesus Christ. They're one and the same. Okay? That's what the Trinity is. So it doesn't matter. But there is a delineation between God the Father and, the, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> they're three, but they're one. We can't explain that. So when it says the tabernacle, and it talks about dwelling, is it talking about God dwelling or is it talking about the tabernacle, which I think could possibly be a reference to Jesus Christ himself dwelling? That's what I found interesting about that verse. Yes. Um, I, don't, I don't know about that. 
I don't, I'm not sure. I always capitalize it when I write it, but I don't know that it is in, in all of Scripture. I don't know. But I thought that was very interesting. Hebrews 9 tells us that the tabernacle is a picture of Jesus Christ. He's fulfilled everything in the tabernacle. When you think about the altar of incense that allowed them to take that incense and go into the Holy of Holies, that's a picture of him being our mediator. You look at all the instruments in the tabernacle and all the furniture in the tabernacle and the bread that was in the tabernacle and him being the bread of life and the lampstands in the tabernacle and him being the light of the world. Everything's fulfilled in him. So it doesn't really matter, but it's just very interesting to me, and that's what I'm doing in this study. <laughs> the tabernacle of God is Jesus Christ. Is with men. And he shall dwell with them. That could be. Could mean a dwelling place. The dwelling place of God is with men, and he, God, shall dwell with them. Where is God going to dwell? When this has been done, and this heaven remade, not, not God's abode, the atmosphere. And this new city that's been prepared comes down. Where will God dwell in the eternal state? God the Father. Is he going to leave heaven and come and dwell in the city? Because they're not the same. This is not heaven. A lot of people believe it is. It's not. Is, is he going to leave heaven and come and dwell in the city? He can't do both. That being the case, we might as well move on. <laughs> right. And when you start thinking about the Trinity, I don't even know which one he's talking about. <laughs> God himself shall be with him. So it's just interesting to think. Where's Jesus Christ going to dwell? Is he going to stay at the right hand of God? Is he going to dwell in the city? What does dwell mean? In John 1, the Bible says, uh, I'm going blank. <laughs> I know John 1, 1, but right after that, it, said, it talks about a tabernacle. Um, or dwell. Let's see, John 1 1. It says dwell, doesn't it? I just can't think of the verse. I went totally blank. John 1, let me look at verse. It's in like 1, 2, or 3. No, it's not. Let's see. Okay, it's so not John 1 then. Somewhere it says, I was thinking it was John 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Where, where is that? John 14? Is that what you said? 114. Okay, it is John 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? The word became flesh. Who's it talking about? Exactly. So there's no doubt about that. Became flesh. 
That tells you too. Jesus Christ. God, in the person of Jesus Christ, came and dwelt among us. Do you know what that word dwelt means? It means tabernacled. <laughs> it literally means to pitch a tent. When it said dwelt among us, God was going to come to earth in the form of his son, and he was going to pitch a tent among us. That's what that verse says. Just like the picture of the tabernacle. He wasn't only going to, he's just going to be here. There's arguments. Arguments abound. I'm going to say 33 and a half years. Jesus Christ was on this earth about 33 and a half years. He didn't stay here. He came and he dwelt. He pinched a tent, a temporary dwelling place for a while. And now he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. It is a temporary dwelling place. So, I say all that to say this. And I want to get, you know, I don't know if y'all ever thought about this, this or not. When it says, let me get back to Revelation 21. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. I couldn't believe it. It's the same word. When I looked at that, Mr. David, I thought, when I look this word dwell up in my strong concordance, it is going to be a different word than John 1.14. It, it cannot be a temporary dwelling place, but it is. I, don't, I, I was stunned <laughs> when I found that out. Does it stun you? <laughs> We lose a lot in English. But these Greek words, you need to look them up. They tell you a lot. It's, it's, it's temporary. And it can even make you say, huh? <laughs> so I began to study this. They just, there's not hardly anything about it. But it piques my curiosity. A temporary dwelling place. This city... It's what it says. It's what the book says. I didn't write it. It says this city is coming down out of heaven, and it's going to be a temporary dwelling place for either God or Jesus Christ. They're both one. You can do all that in your head. Maybe both of them. So what does that mean? The only thing I can figure out is that At least they, maybe us, are going to be able to come and go. Same body. The, these physical... These physical limitations, and that wasn't just because he was Jesus. 
That is a glorified body. These physical limitations are not going to hold us anymore. He walked through doors. Says the disciples there, and the doors were shut. And Jesus appeared. Where did he come from? Well, he either poofed or he walked right through the door. One or the other. Either one's fine. Sure. Yes. So, what does that mean? Maybe God's going to spend some time in heaven. He's going to spend some time in the city. Maybe Jesus is going to spend some time in heaven. Maybe he's going to spend some time in this city. Now, this city is not the earth. We have a lot of misconceptions about this. Number one, the new Jerusalem, this city is not heaven. But people refer to it as heaven all the time. It's not heaven. It's not in heaven. (laughs) The new Jerusalem is not the earth. It's a city. And I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if it's sitting on the earth. And don't look at me like that. We'll get there later. (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. There's a strong argument that it's hovered right up there. And, and I have read some things about that where it talks about we're going to be able to come and go. In the city, on the earth, in heaven, wherever we want. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's very, again, uh, <laughs> what was the purpose of today's lesson? I don't know, but I can just tell you that this is, this is a Bible study. <laughs> and these are the things that came to my mind, looking at this. It's not just a city, it's a holy city. It's a prepared city by God. It's prepared for the church called holy because of the people in it all that came to my mind out of one verse and then i start reading about this and i don't know why but when i read the tabernacle of god i was like wait a minute what are we talking about maybe it's just talking about the city that's possible and it's a dwelling place for god it can be talking about jesus christ And then thinking about <laughs> him dwelling and how shocked I was when I found out that means temporary dwelling place. I just knew it was going to be a different word, mean permanent, but it doesn't. So then I try to f- figure that out in my mind. So what's it going to be? Well, in the end, I've already given you a, a look. I mean, it's possible that this earth has been changed. There, there, we're, there's no more sea. We know that. Verse 1 says that. Why is that? We don't have time to talk about it right now. Maybe there's a holy city orbiting. I don't know if that's the right word. And then there's heaven. So I wanted, I did feel it important to make the delineation on some of these things that we think growing up. And it's not anybody's fault, I don't think. But we have to realize that according to the Bible, like I said, the new Jerusalem is not heaven. It's not the earth. It's just a city. It's a great city. I don't mean to 
lay any type of unimportance when I say it's just a city. But it is a city. And we'll talk about some of the details about that city. How big is it? What is it measured? What is it made of? Things like that. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, so verse 1, verse 2. Um, we may be through with verse 3. Maybe. And so if nothing changes, we'll pick up with Revelation 21.4 next time. All right. Brother Terrence, you want to dismiss us?